Well, hey, you're listening to the Resonate Church Monmouth Sermons Podcast. Whether you're a part of the Resonate family or you're just a friend of ours tuning in, we're so glad that you're here. We are a church here in Monmouth, Oregon that exists for the college campus and our broader community. So if you'd like to learn more or get further connected, head over to resonate.net slash Monmouth. Otherwise, hope you enjoy today's sermon. All right, to, to bring us back together. Um, personally, for me, uh, favorite Thanksgiving side dish uh, from this past Thanksgiving was, um, I'd probably have to say ham. I'm a big ham guy. Ham over turkey all, all day, that's for sure. Um, hey, glad you guys are here with us this evening. Man, glad you guys made it uh, back safe, whether you're traveling to see friends, family out of town, or if you're here in town, man, glad yeah, to be here with you all this evening. Uh, for those of you guys who I don't know, my name is Brandon, and I get to serve here on staff at Resonate Church. And uh, this evening, I have the honor of opening up God's word uh, with you guys. So to really jump right into things, uh, tonight we're going to be jumping back into the series that we have been walking through uh, on the Sermon on the Mount. So the passage of text titled the Sermon on the Mount. And last week, man, it was such a joy getting to hear from our brother Patrick and hear about what he has learned since being a missionary in Japan for the last couple of years. And so hopefully you guys enjoyed that if you were here last week. Um, But as we look to finish out the term, finish out this calendar year, we're going to be diving into the rest of the Sermon on the Mount and finishing out the rest of 2023 in this series. So if you guys remember, uh, two weeks ago, thinking back to two weeks ago, uh, we really got into some pretty heavy and real topics uh, as we looked at what Jesus has to say about anger, lust, divorce, and oaths. It's pretty fun stuff, right? It was a fun week, huh? Um, And if you weren't here or you maybe missed the last couple weeks, I highly, highly encourage you uh, to go back this week and read the first 37 verses of Matthew chapter 5. Uh, And tonight we're going to be moving forward in Jesus' teaching. Um, Man, we're going to be diving into potentially, we'll see how you guys take it, uh, potentially another hot topic, a challenging text for us this evening. Uh, And as a reminder, uh, before we jump into this text, uh, just a quick reminder on on this portion of the text. So again, some context for you guys if you've missed the last few weeks. Um, in, In Matthew 5, we have Jesus standing before his disciples. We have Jesus before his disciples uh, correcting some some misinterpretations that some teachers at the time uh, were taking maybe out of context or misinterpreting from the Old Testament. He's kind of recentering, realigning some hearts on, man, what does the life of of a disciple of Jesus, what does it look like? What is it to look like? He's also, in some ways, also preparing them for life to come. 
At the same time, while he's talking directly to his disciples, there are groups of people that have gathered around Jesus and his disciples. So there's groups listening in on this teaching. And so uh, while Jesus is talking directly to his disciples, his followers, man, there's also an invitation for those on the outside that are listening in that maybe do not yet know Jesus. And so tonight, uh, as we open up, uh, I want to read a few different passages. Um, So we're going to be bouncing around the Bible here for uh, the first couple of minutes to some different verses. And man, the hope with doing this is I hope that, man, one, we kind of see a theme that we're going to be diving into this evening, but also that our hearts are stirred, our affections are stirred, we center our hearts and then open our eyes to the importance of, to, of tonight's main text. And so if you guys have your Bible, I encourage you guys to take that out. If you have a journal, something to write on, a phone, uh, make sure you take that out as well. Um, again, we're going to be bouncing around here for a couple minutes, so you can try and keep up or you can just check out the screen and it'll be there and you can get ahead, turn to Matthew chapter five, which is where we'll be in a little bit. Starting out, first verse uh, is in Matthew 5, throwback to a few weeks ago, Matthew 5, 16. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Remember that if you're here a few weeks ago? Uh, and then we have Romans 12, 10. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Romans 12, 20, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Ephesians 4, 32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. In Luke 6, 27, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. See a little bit of a theme? See some, some similarities in these passages maybe? Uh, let's look at one more text that we must center our hearts around. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. All right. So hopefully we see a little bit of theme, some, some similar topics popping up in these messages. And then looking at uh, Matthew 28, uh, verses 18 through 20, uh, that is called the Great Commission. The Great Commission, which are some of Jesus' last words to his disciples before he ascended into heaven. And this passage, Matthew 28, is the purpose of our lives as God's people. To go, share the gospel, make disciples, lead them, baptize them, and teach them the ways of Jesus, which includes sending them to go and walk through this cycle themselves. And we've probably heard this, maybe know this decently well. If you've uh, been our, around our church or been in church for a little bit, you might have heard this. And hopefully, if you're a Christian here today, you agree with this passage and this call. In all of these verses, in all the verses I just read, and at the heart of the Great Commission is this reality. There's, there's a similarity in all these verses and in countless other verses throughout the Bible. There's this reality of going to people, loving people, and serving people. It's a similarity we see through all of those. So keeping the Great Commission in mind tonight is extremely important as we enter into tonight's main text. And the reason why, again, that we start with the Great Commission is to center around our purpose as we walk into the way of life Jesus is calling us to, as we walk into some action this evening. 
So if you haven't opened there already, I invite you to open up to Matthew 5. Matthew chapter 5, we're going to be in verses 43 through 48 this evening. Starting in verse 43. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same. You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. All right, connecting all the dots. Connecting all the dots, looking at this passage. Tonight's topic is... Love your enemies. Loving your enemies. So if you're taking notes, you can put that at the top of your notes page. Uh, love your enemies. Tonight's topic and what we clearly see Jesus commanding of us as his people as we read his words. We can't ignore this passage. And so those tonight uh, who claim Jesus is Lord, and how are we to acknowledge and live out Matthew 28, the Great Commission, right? And then look at uh, Matthew 5 and ignore it. We simply can't. These two things do not go against each other. They go hand in hand. So what does that look like? Well, Matthew 20, the Great Commission, go to all nations, all people. And so tonight, we must be willing to lower our pride and allow God to shine a light into a potentially dark crack within our souls. So I, I know that this passage that we're going to enter might be a struggle. It was a struggle for me, if I'm being honest, tonight. It was a struggle in preparation for this. And, but we must grasp it. We must understand it. And looking at 1 Corinthians 13, uh, verse 1, it says, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. So the purpose of our lives, again, looking at Matthew 28, is to proclaim the glory of God. But there must be love in our hearts for those whom we are pursuing. Or it's just a bunch of noise. We're just talking. It's just noise if there is not love within us. But, of course, um, the challenge we face in our world today, there is an epidemic. There is a problem we face. And it's in this, this quote here, this statement you oppose me in any way, you're my enemy. You oppose me in any way, you are my enemy. Just to get real straight and to the point. That's what this world is saying. And kind of use the cultural term, uh, we are being taken over by a cancel culture. And we see all over Facebook feeds, on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. Um, now we see so many even personal conversations Man, with others, when we see instances of people totally rejecting others. Why? Why are we rejecting? Um, because we feel attacked, opposed maybe, inconvenienced or ignored, or even to go as far as what the text says, persecuted, which we'll dive into. And we see left and right, people sharing their opinions, even sometimes when wrong, um, or trying to take a stand on a belief, and they are mocked and shut out and shut up. And we see this even in those who would say they're Christians. Yet they choose to ignore and not hear others out. And instead, they just convict. Again, without love. They're making just a bunch of noise. Man, 
Yes and amen. We are absolutely supposed to stand firm in the gospel and push back against sin. Absolutely. But we must not lack love for fellow images of God, other people, no matter who they are or their background. And so God's design for our lives is to be beacons of light, warmth, and love to the world around us. Again, yes, we push back against darkness, but we do so out of love no matter how we are treated. So Jesus, even in our turbulent world today, thousands of years later, has something to say. And that's when we look at Matthew chapter five and connecting all the pieces and the verses that I had read that we see throughout the scriptures. Um, So tonight we're gonna break this text up into three questions. So three questions that we're gonna ask tonight that we have to ask as we read through Matthew five. And we're going to attempt to shine a light on our hearts and pursue gospel-driven actions. So three questions. The first question that we have to ask, and I'm sure you're already asking maybe, um, that we have to dive into is the who. Who is our enemy? Who is our enemy? Uh, Verse 44, but I say to you, love your enemies. All right, so Jesus is saying that we have, will have enemies we will have enemies. We currently might have enemies. Um, And so what does this look like? Whom am I to love? So to kind of break down who an enemy could be. Again, that maybe seems like strong language, but let's break it down a little bit. So the first clear example, as we look at the text of an enemy, are those who persecute you. It says it right there in the text, those who persecute you. Uh, And so clearly Jesus is talking about people who actively oppose you or try to harm you for whatever reason. To persecute is to pursue with harmful intentions. And this, of course, um, has a lot of nuance to it. It could be a very broad scale of intensity. This definitely, it could look like the lighter side where someone disagrees with you on social media or pushes you away or blocks you. It could look like that lighter side of this. Or as we look at the context that Jesus and his disciples are facing and are going to face, man, this, look, this might look like the hostility that they faced thousands of years ago, where they were beaten, mocked, and killed. Again, Jesus is kind of preparing their hearts for what is to come. All the disciples, look them up. They all die brutal deaths, being killed, beaten, mocked, and they were persecuted. And there's still reports today of Christians being crucified and murdered across the world. Today, there are places in Eastern Asia where groups of of Christians are being broken up, arrested, deported, and beaten. And there's clear opposition and persecution taking place even today. And even if we don't see it, maybe in our comfort here in North America, in Oregon, like maybe we don't see it to that intensity. But it's real. And Jesus says to love them. Yes, even then. If they want to kill you, love them. If they take your family away, love them. If they burn down your home, love them. So in the face of immense hostility, love. Again, that's like the big moments, but even in the day-to-day, the seemingly less dramatic moments in your life. Love your enemies. Those who slander you, uh, who disrespect you, who mock you, and love them. It even looks like loving those that go against our desires or whom we subconsciously make our enemy, even if we don't want to say it out loud. Right? We do this. I do this. In my own mind, I subconsciously make someone 
my opposition, my enemy. The roommate who doesn't clean or pays rent late. I don't know how Thanksgiving was, but maybe the family member who questions everything you do. Uh, the spouse that seems uncaring or doesn't listen well. The friend who neglects your needs. The leader or friend or spouse who shines a light on your sin. Man, don't push them out. Love them. And while it maybe it sounds harsh to label these individuals our enemies, it's what we do in our hearts. We must face that reality. Man, we hold anger and resentment, which is murder from a couple of weeks ago. If you're here, you remember that. If not, you should probably go read a few verses earlier than this. And we're anger, and you are causing destruction upon someone. And so by definition, we turn these people into our enemies because we think they oppose us or we are subtly or purposefully opposing them. This also looks like loving those who defy the ways of God, who have different beliefs. Of course, love them as well. Keeping in mind the great commission to go to all nations, all people. And this one here, this one uh, personally is my struggle if I'm being honest today, uh, I spent my teenage years, some formative years in Northern Idaho. And if you don't know much about North Idaho, I'm not gonna bag on North Idaho at all, but it is very different from Oregon. It is incredibly different from Oregon. And so moving to Oregon, I have personally struggled to love those who's are, who are different from me, who have different stances and beliefs, uh, who have different habits and hobbies. And there's so much growth within my own soul that needs to take place when it comes to loving those who have different uh, desires or who believe different things. So I'm in this too. So to wrap up this first question, don't stop loving because the person does things that offend you or if they disagree with you or dishonor you or hurt your feelings, say something bad on social media or anger you, disappoint you, frustrate you or threaten you or even attempt to kill you. Love your enemies. Now, I know that this, uh, this maybe seems like radical, like, whoa, okay, coming in hot. This seems radical. What is going on? Um, this is what Jesus is saying. This is call on our lives. We must not ignore it. He does not call us into comfort, but into a radical lifestyle so opposite of the ways of this world. So it, this moves us into the next question. So we know who we are to love. Who are we to love? Our enemies, which... Be a multi, mean a multiple different things. But how are we to love? How are we to love? Or what does this love look like? So we know the who. All right, cool. I love this person. How? How? What does this look like? So kind of working backward and moving throughout this text, um, we're going to see what action looks like and then what it doesn't look like. So we're going to move kind of backward through the text, starting in verse 47. And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? If you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? We're going to key in on uh, one verb here, one action. And it's this word, greet. So if you have uh, a highlighter or something, highlights, underline the word, greet. Yes, the word, greet. This looks like doing the small things such as greeting your enemies. Saying, hi, how are you? Yes, I know, it's like, what? How do we get from killing and threatening down to saying hi to someone? It applies. I mean, what do our interactions look like? What do our interactions on the day-to-day -day look like? Are we willing to reach out to even the hardest person to love and say, hey, how are you doing? How is life? What's been going on? 
learning about them, showing them care. Again, this text, yes and amen, is supposed to connect to these big dramatic moments in life. But it's also to apply to the small, seemingly small moments in life. Because these small seeds and moments have the potential to grow and turn into, into beautiful relationships that are centered around God. So, small action step for you. Say hi to someone you don't want to. Someone that maybe is the hardest person to say hi to. Say hello and ask something about them. Get to know them. And then this also looks like providing in practical ways and serving others. So providing and serving. And Jesus says that God himself even shines light and provides nutrients to those who reject him. The just, the unjust, the good, the evil. God still provides sun and rain, which helps things live. And God himself still provides. Looking at Romans 12, verse 20. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, give him a drink. There you go. It's right there. It's in the text. For in doing so, you will heap burning coals upon his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And this world does not need hurt to be met with hurt. Rather, we as God's children, understanding the grace which God gave us, we extend it to others. And so that they may taste and see the grace that God offers, and they desire to experience him themselves. Uh, Pastor John Piper says this just straightforward, simply in relation to this text. He says, God gives his enemies sunshine and rain. You give your enemies food and water. There you have it. Simple, right? So how can we practically serve those who we see as difficult to love? How can we provide and serve them? And if you don't know, again, this goes back to the, uh, to the previous example. Say hi. Figure out some needs that you can help meet. How can you serve someone this week? And looking at verse 44, man, verse 44, if we truly read it for what it says, it is the deepest instance of love that we could probably find. Verse 44, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And looking at the action here, love, okay, we kind of talked about love. We're talking about love. That second one, underlined, highlights this word, pray. Pray for those who persecute you. And this is so deep. This is incredibly intentional. And to pray for anything, to pray for anything means that you have a deep care and a tender heart for it, right? And we pray for our family who are sick. We pray for our friends struggling with finances. We pray for our kids' futures. And Jesus is saying, pray for those who hate you. Man, what? And doing, these, doing some things, doing actions for others can, can maybe sometimes come off as easy or um, manageable because we can sometimes just detach from doing an action. Say, okay, I can, I can do this for you. I can give you something, but you can kind of uh, detach from it. And, but to pray for something, that is next level because it, it requires a genuine heart that wants to see good. Let's look at some examples that we see throughout the Bible. So look at the life of Stephen. The life of Stephen in Acts uh, chapter seven. Stephen is about to be stoned for his beliefs. For him following Jesus, he's about to be stoned and killed. In Acts seven, verse 60, this is what he says. 
and falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. In the face of death, he says, Lord, don't hold this against them. He goes to God on their behalf. Let's look at the guy calling, this, calling us out in this. Let's look at Jesus. Jesus, do you back this up? Does Jesus back this up? He does. Jesus, being beaten and mocked and scorned and killed, doesn't pray for wrath to rain down on humanity. In his more painful hour, he prays out of love. Luke 23, verse 34. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. In the face of death, being beaten, mocked, Jesus says, Father, forgive them. Man, praise God that Jesus didn't like say, yeah, God, rain down on them. Like that, not good news for those uh, opposing him, right? So would we pray for our enemies, pray for them to experience the grace of God, pray that they turn to repentance and pray for the hurt that they might be experiencing in their lives that we are unaware of and pray that they know and feel the love of God. And Jesus has said it. And he also lived this out as an example to follow. And jumping a few more verses backwards for a second. Now, Jesus also talks about the destruction that retaliation brings. So this is what not to do, right? Not what not to do. And in our culture, and we are so drawn to revenge and retaliation, right? Man, we see movie after movie talking about seeking revenge. Even in kids' movies, in kids' movies. It made me uh, think of the movie Toy Story this past week. Yes, Toy Story, so innocent, right? No, it's not. Let's think about Toy Story. Hopefully we all know Toy Story well enough. The first one, the best one. Uh, If not, it's been 27 years. You should know it by now. Um, The movie Toy Story, when Woody, they're in the room, right? Buzz is here. Uh, They're in the room. Woody accidentally knocks Buzz out of the window. Buzz eventually catches up to the car at the gas station. uh, And at the gas station, Buzz confronts Woody face to face. Hey, you pushed me out a window. This is what he says to Woody. I want you to know that even though you tried to terminate me, revenge is not an ideal we promote on our planet. Oh, good. Okay, cool. Exhale, sweet. And then Buzz goes on to say, good thing we aren't on my planet. (laughs) And then Buzz attacks Woody and all things break loose. They fall out of the car fighting. Car takes off, leaving Buzz and Woody stranded at the gas station in the dark. Granted, it had to happen for like some big moments in the movie to happen, but it could have been avoided, right? Man, this act of revenge and retaliation made things so much worse for them. Man, feel it. Look at it in our lives. Revenge, retaliation, maybe at first feels good, man, but it leads to further hurt for both parties. And like, Buzz, dude, you said it. Be a light, man. Like, come on. You were so close. And bring those ideals of your planet here. Come on. Buzz really needed to hear Matthew 5, 38 and 39. So let's look at this and do better than Buzz Lightyear. I don't like bringing these kind of examples if I'm honest, but I had to. Um, Matthew 5, verse 38. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. So Jesus here is kind of assessing, again, some laws being taken out of context uh, that some teachers were misinterpreting. 
Verse 39, but I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. Resist is kind of like oppose, push back, uh, fight against. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And do not seek revenge on those who have done wrong towards you. And leave the justice and judgment to the one who is a good and just God. And show the grace and forgiveness that God has shown us when we opposed him. So do we not seek retaliation for the insults and opposition that gets thrown our way, but instead pursue love and prayer for those who oppose us? And hurt met with, with hurt leads to further hurt. Two negatives here do not equal a positive. And the darkness needs light. And this leads us into the final question. The final question, question three. So we talked about the who, talked about the what. So where does this love come from? Where does this love come from? Again, to look at a few, a couple verses here. Ephesians 4, verse 32 again. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Okay? Psalm 103, verse 10. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. This power and ability to love others comes from a direct experience of, uh, of love from someone whom we wronged. In order to provide undeserving love, man, we must understand that we have been offered undeserving love and grace and forgiveness. And so tonight, uh, in some ways, uh, maybe should have asked this question at the very front end, right? But, but I really want to end on this because this is the heart of the action. And then one question that I want all of us man, to process this evening is the question of have you, you personally, accepted and felt the love of God? Have you accepted and felt the love of God? So if you're taking notes tonight, and write this question down, process this question, wrestle with this question, and because your response to this question determines the course of the rest of your life, and we must wrestle and process with this question. Romans 5, verse 8, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Despite slapping him in the face, he died for us. And this is the gospel. Man, God's desire and intention for our lives is to enjoy him and glorify him with our lives. When God created humans, the first page of Genesis, first page of the Bible, uh, when he created humans, he did so so that we may be in relationship with him. <laughs> we turn the page. We don't make it very far in this story. We look at Genesis, and then we look at our lives still today. We look at the world around us, and we choose to pursue other things outside of God. We choose our ways. We choose the world's ways. And we go against God. And to be real, whether we admit it or not, and we have made ourselves enemies of God. And this 
This has led to all the hurt and brokenness that we find in our world today. And because we have turned our backs to God and we have chosen sin and evil and we have broken this relationship, we have torn down the bridge between us and God. That's not the end though. But God desires to be in unity with his people. He still loves us despite our rebellion and opposition. And so what does he do? He sends his son, Jesus, to us. Rather than sitting at the top of this ladder, saying, clean yourself up and work your way back to me. No, he doesn't do that. He has come down to us in Jesus. In Jesus, despite being mocked and opposed here on earth, does not retaliate, praise God, or seek vengeance. But he lives a perfect life, loving others and serving those who oppose him. But he's not just an incredible example to follow. He is also the savior we need. He then goes to the cross in order for our sin and evil to be put to death with him and pray the price that we could not pay in order to be in union with God again. And through his death on the cross, our sin was defeated, therefore setting us free from being enslaved to our sin and rebellion, slaves to this world. And then showing that he is God. Three days later, he rose from the grave Um, defeating death and defeating darkness. So Jesus, full of love, full of grace, extending God's forgiveness to us through his sacrifice. Again, despite our rebellion, despite us being his enemies. Well, yes, um, it's evident there's still pain and evil in this world today. But that is where this call on our lives comes into play. That is where this passage comes into play. That's where Matthew 28 comes into play. Because when we proclaim Jesus as Lord over our lives and allow him to be king over us, we are given access to him and to the Father, direct access to God again. And this should transform us, transform our hearts, our heads, and thus transform our actions. And we then push back against the ways of this world that seek revenge for the wrongs of others. And instead we provide love and grace because we have been given love and grace. So would we admit our darkness and sin and repent of our opposition to God? And then would we turn and choose this love that has so graciously been offered to us and then walk in a new way of life? And then no matter the pain to come, knowing that even in persecution and hardship, which will happen, and we press on because we are connected. We have access to the Lord over it all. Amen. And the cure for this world's pain and darkness is not found in canceling the enemies or seeking revenge. It is found in Jesus being Lord first in our hearts. And then we go and extend that love to others so that they may hear and see the love of Jesus. And then it transforms their hearts. And then they go on to share that good news with others. And then we have a beautiful movement and we can feel and see the kingdom of God here on earth. And this is where this love comes from. It comes from the gospel of Jesus, the grace of God. 
So uh, myself, you, us sitting here today, and we can love those who are the hardest to love. I know it's like, we read this text and we're like, all right, cool, love our enemies. It's so much deeper, it's so much harder than that, right? But we are able to because of Jesus. And so would we take this call seriously as God's people? A difference can be made in this world. So as we close, um, before we enter into worship, uh, we must ask ourselves uh, one more question. It's actually, we talked about it earlier. To ask this question, as we enter into this world, and even as we go out into that lobby and say hi to someone, we must ask this question. Have you experienced and accepted this love? And wrestle with this question, process this question. Have you experienced and accepted this love? And if you haven't, if you're in this room this evening and you haven't, and would you look to the words of Jesus and allow him into your heart? And my prayer for you is that you taste and see the love that the creator of the universe has for you, his child. And there's an, there is for you an invite into action today. It is to choose Jesus as your hope and Lord over your life. So would you process that with someone this evening? Or you maybe pray to God for the first time this evening. And for those who have accepted this love, you would say, Jesus is Lord. One more question, one more question for you. And then one call to action. I know all the questions. The question that we must ask, and you probably saw this coming, who in your life do you need to extend the love, love to that is hard to love? Who do you need to extend love to that has been hard to love? Maybe as soon as I read, love your enemies, you're like, boom, names, groups started popping into your mind. Write those down. Be honest with yourself. Be honest this evening. Maybe again, it's someone with different beliefs, um, a group that's hard or not to get uncomfortable. Maybe it's the person sitting next to you. Someone you're about to go see in the lobby. Maybe you've had an internal conflict with someone. Who in your life do you need to extend love to? And then second, and would we pray, um, would you pray for your heart? Pray for your heart personally. And then of course, take this call seriously and pray for them. Pray for reconciliation and pray for a relationship to be grown out of this. So we would not let this moment pass. Um, if the, again, if there's someone you need to pull aside and talk to either to get prayer or because you need to settle some internal conflict, oh man, please do so. Or of course, the invite is to join and stand and lift our hands and lift our voices in worship to the God who has extended so graciously his love to us despite our opposition to him. So as we close, the key message to take with you this evening, because of the love given to us by God when we were his enemy, we are to love our enemies. Because of the love given to us by God when we were his enemies, we are to love our enemies. Let's pray.